You are listening to the NFL Abroad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NFL Abroad Podcast, the podcast created by fans for the fans. We're your hosts, Thomas and Callum, and you can find this podcast on all streaming and podcast platforms. If you do enjoy this podcast, please feel free to drop a like, follow and subscribe for more similar content in the future. Without further ado, let's jump straight into the podcast. Kicking off the week on Thursday Night Football, we see the New York Giants travel to the San Francisco 49ers. What are the last game results for both of these teams? Both of these teams are coming off massive wins. Giants coming off their biggest win, their biggest comeback win since 1949. Have they got the momentum? And 49ers coming off a huge divisional win at the LA Rams. How do I see this game going? Well, I can't personally see anything but a loss for the Giants going on the road. As well as we, we also saw Saquon Barkley, arguably the best Giants player, go off with an ankle injury. And, and these reports suggest that he'll be out for three weeks. From week two, what can I see or what can I expect to see in this week three matchup? The Giants, a defensive team who struggled against the rush. They gave up 151 yards against an unpredictable but usually poor Cardinals team in week two. And they got absolutely blown out by the Cowboys in week one. In week three, I think I can see the likes of Christy McCaffrey and Debo Samuel running rampant against this Giants defence. Giants, last week, who found themselves down 20 at half-time, can't afford to make the same mistakes against the Niners, who won't slip up with that big of a lead if they get the chance. The Giants, who didn't put up a single sack against the Cardinals, but found Daniel Jones sacked three times, can expect heavy pressure from a strong Niners defence. So now that you've heard my thoughts and the facts from the opening two game weeks, how do you see this game going, Callum? Well, to be honest, Thomas, I can only see this game going one way, and that's the way the 49ers. I think they're arguably the best team in the NFL this season so far. They've got a strong offense and a strong defense. And like you say, I think Christian McCaffrey will have a field day. I'd probably predict the 49ers to win by over 20 points in this one. I think the Giants will be washed away uh, by this offense just like they were in the first week. Uh, do you agree with me with that? I completely agree with you. Um, I've got I've got the Niners winning by 17 points, 27-10. Yeah, I think it will be a high-scoring game for the Niners. And to be honest, I think Daniel Jones and this lacklustre offence will certainly struggle um, in, a, in a very similar defence to the Cowboys. I think Nick Bosa will probably sack him at least once, if not twice. And I think a lot of this game, they'll be relying on Daniel Jones to use his legs to get himself out of trouble. So I'm going to take the Niners at 30 to. 10. So moving on to Sunday's games, we see the Lions travel to the Falcons. The Lions who participated in the game of the week for me last week fell just short in overtime against the well-coached Seahawks team under Pete Carroll. And the Falcons are coming are coming into this game 2-0 and zero with a two coming back off a two-touchdown deficit in the fourth quarter against a good Packers team. How do I see this game going? I see this being another another tough game for both teams who'll be who'll be wanting to win and get and get to that nice three and zero record. Although the Lions did beat the Chiefs week one, they did lose to the to Seattle week two. Falcons uh, are sat currently two and zero after respective wins against their division rivals Panthers and Green Bay. I think both teams' defenses were were weak. They they gave up a lot of touchdowns. Although you could argue that just for the Lions, Tyler Lockett did 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 pop off and make some huge plays. Same with the Falcons; they they gave up three passing touchdowns against a young Packers Packers team with a, with quarterback Jordan Love and some year one and two receivers who linked up well 
to 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 get touchdowns on the board. Callum, how do you see this Lions v Falcons game going? To be honest, mate, I think this is one of the most interesting games uh, of the week for me. There's a lot to learn. Both of these teams are looking almost good enough to compete for the playoffs, but they're just on the fringe at the minute. I think Arthur Smith's doing a brilliant job with the Falcons. He's got, obviously, star running back, Bijan Robinson, who's just looked fantastic through the first two weeks of the season. You know, he was lights out last week. Um, and if you, if you can re- re- reproduce that this week, then, you know, that, that's how the Falcons will be looking to uh, to win this game. Uh, so, you going for the Falcons this week? I think my head's, my head's telling me the Lions, but my heart's telling me the Falcons. Uh, because they're just so such an interesting and exciting team to watch. And I think I'm going to go with my heart this week. They've got a nice one-two punch out of the backfield uh, with Robinson and Algier. But they've also got Drake London, who popped off last week against Jair Alexander, who's arguably the best cornerback in the league. And, I mean, we can't forget Kyle Pitts as well. So I think I will go for the Falcons. They've got so many weapons on offence. Um, but I can see it's been a very, very tight game. Uh, but I will... I will take the Falcons 27-21. to 21. See, I'm going to disagree with you this week. I can see this firstly being a high-scoring game, and I, and I would fancy this game to go over 43.5 total points, but I'm taking the Lions 27-24. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to choose between the two, to be honest. I mean, Jareth Goss has been lights out since the back end of last year. Um, he did struggle a little bit last week, throwing, throwing the interception. I think that bothered him quite a bit, but I think he will bounce back this week. And yeah, we'll have to see come Sunday. I think with Jared Goff, his, his chemistry and his and his experience with his receivers, we've seen it a little bit this season. He's going to be building on that, um, and hopefully going for that for that record again of uh, of passing completions without uh, without the ball being intercepted. So so good luck to him. Yeah, but of course he's uh he could be missing his key running back this week, um, which we'll see how that affects the Lions' offense. Whether there'll be more of a pass heavy team this week. Also, one thing I do want to point out is I expect to see more from Aidan Hutchinson this week. Of course, he was a first-round draft pick a year ago, and um, for me, he's just not doing quite enough uh, for them at the moment. So I'd like to see him come out and pressure pressure the quarterback, Desmond Ridder, who is so far unproven in the league. Um, so it be I think that's the, that's the way the Lions have got to go about this game: try and get the pressure on this quarterback and force him into mistakes. The next match that we'll be looking at is the Ravens versus the Colts. The Ravens are coming off a two and a half start. They came off a strong victory over the Bengals last week in their divisional matchup, where Lamar Jackson played lights out. He looked back to his best as he threw for 237 yards and two touchdowns, as well as picking up 50 yards with his legs. They proved that they could go on without J.K. Dobbins as he's out for the season, and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill seemed to pick up the workload, provided a nice one-two punch that went for over 100 yards combined. The Ravens' offense has looked dangerous through the first two weeks of the season, putting up a total of 52 points. Odell Beckham is also expected to play in week three, despite his injury in week two, and Mark Andrews continues to get healthier. Another one to look out for is the, def- the offensive rookie of the year candidate, Zay Flowers, as he takes on a poor Indianapolis defence that have allowed 574 yards through the air in the first two weeks. However, there are question marks over the health of Tyler Linderbaum, Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphreys who are still battling injuries, and we are yet to see if they have participated in practice this week. On the Colts' side of the ball, they're coming off a bounce-back win against the Texans in Week 2, in which, rook- in which rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson looked impressive, scoring two rushing touchdowns before leaving the game with concussion. We are yet to know whether he will play in Week 3, but Colts fans can take com- confidence from the fact that Gardner Minshew came into the game and threw for 19 of 23, 173 yards and a touchdown. 
with all that being said, Thomas, do you think the uh, do you think the Colts have got a chance this week? Uh, I think I think they've got a chance if 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 they can get to Lamar Jackson. I mean, they managed to get six sacks last week on CJ Stroud. Granted, I know that the Texans aren't as good as the Ravens. Um, I, I can see it being a closer game than than what than what people might think. Um, but but I, I I am happy to to take the, uh, the the Ravens to win this game. Um, I'd, I'd probably go for a twenty-seven twenty. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Ravens in this one. 30 is 20. Um, I just think there's too much firepower for the Ravens this season. Their their offense is working well. I think it's only going to improve as the season goes on. You know, I, mean, I know they're trying to get Lamar more of a passing attack rather than use his legs. Um, and he's got so many targets hit with this with this offense. He's got Odell Beckham, who's likely to be fit. Mark Andrews is getting healthier, and obviously rookie Zay Flowers, who's just looked lights out from the start of the season. So I think, although I think you know Colts will put up a good fight, I think the uh, the Ravens' offense just have too much firepower and just outscore them on the field. So yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens 30 to 20. Another one of the early kickoffs that we see this week is the LA Chargers traveling to the Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Last week, we saw the Vikings come off a tough defeat to the Eagles to put them 0-2 on the season. Likewise, the Chargers, like they did in week one, they fell short, but this time it was in overtime against the Titans. A team who didn't really impress me that much when I watched them against the Saints. Judging from previous weeks, this is what I can really expect to see in this week three matchup. If I'm honest, I can't really decide where the issues are for the Chargers, whether it's on offense or defense. They've certainly got talent on both sides, with the likes of Joey Bosa, who picked up two massive sacks against Tennessee, and Morgan Fox, who got to Tannehill on multiple occasions, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. The Chargers currently ranked 22nd in the NFL power rankings for defense. I think we can see probably the likes of Justin Jefferson to pick up big holes if his quarterback Kirk Cousins can get the pass game flowing, which which he has done in, in the past two game weeks. I myself have had the privilege to see these two combine in real life to help the Vikings clutch up in big games. Unfortunately, that was against my Saints. However, it doesn't really get much better for Minnesota's defence either, who's currently ranked 30th in the NFL power rankings for defence. And they've they've got the third worst run defence this season, allowing over 166 rushing yards per game, with an average carry of 4.1 yards, which resulted in three touchdowns. The, the Chargers will be hoping that Austin Eckler is back to run rampant on the poor Minnesota defence. However, reports do suggest that he will likely not be back ahead of the week game week three. We'll have to see what comes out about that. This would suggest to me that Joshua Kelly will need to run a massive game against the Vikings if they want to stand a chance of securing the first win of the season. Coming off a good game week one, but disappointing game week two numbers-wise, it's unpredictable which Joshua Kelly we're gonna we'll, or will turn up and which one we're going to get. I think this is a, a brilliant matchup and I'm looking forward to watching it. Callum, what are your thoughts on this game and, and who are you taking? So I'm really excited to watch the Chargers take on the Vikings this Sunday. I think it'll be a brilliant game. Callum, what are your thoughts and what are your predictions? Yeah, I completely agree. I think this game could has the potential to be game of the week. I mean, we've got two of the best offences against two of the worst defences in the entire league. Um, both have been scoring a lot of points in the first two games of the season. Justin Herbert and um, Kirk Cousins have looked absolutely phenomenal in the first two weeks and have been heavily let down by the defence. Like you say, I do expect Justin Jefferson to go absolutely huge this game. You know, at least 150, maybe even 200 yards this game. 
Um, but with all that said, I can, I'm actually going to take the charger in this one. I expect Justin Herbert to clutch up in the dying moments. And I can see there's been a heavy scoring game. I'm going to take the Chargers 37 to 34. What about you? I believe there'll, there'll be points. There'll, there'll be a lot of points. I've not gone for quite the numbers that you have. I've gone for a Vikings win 27-24. I just think the experience of Kirk Cousins, um, he, he knows the league inside out. He's, he's got a brilliant Justin Jefferson to, to, to target. I agree. I think he can easily reach 150 reception yards in this game. So I'll be taking the Vikings to win 27-24. to 24. Yeah, mate, this week I think this game is a complete toss-up, to be honest. The Chargers will be absolutely praying that they get Austin Ackler back and having a more dynamic offence than just the pass. Um, but I believe their head coach has got to be under some serious um, pressure if they don't win this week. Obviously, he's a defensive-minded coach, um, and that's been the, the, the downfall for the past few years, hasn't it? They've obviously drafted Justin Herbert, who's been brilliant since he came into the league, but they've been continuously let down uh, by that defence. Um, so I think, especially if they don't win this week and drop to Norton through in the season, um, that head coach will come under some serious pressure. Brandon Stanley, there we go, that's his name. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, toss to the coin, but I'm taking the taking the charges. I, th- I think the fair points, what what you've said and what I've said. Um, again, I, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be a, an absolute brilliant, brilliant game. Looking forward to Sunday. So this week we see the Saints. Travel to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Green Bay is actually coming off a disappointing result, in my opinion, against the Falcons. And and I'll tell you why. It's because they throw away a two-touchdown lead um, in the fourth quarter, I believe. And New Orleans, they're going with momentum this week. They came off a massive divisional win against Carolina. How do I see this game going? I mean, it's a t- obviously a tough game for both teams. But I've got to back my Saints in this matchup, like like every week. From weeks one and two, um, the Saints have actually only given up one touchdown all season. So they'll be looking to keep this defence tight against a Green Bay offence that's crafted mostly by year one and two draft picks and governed by quarterback Jordan Love. I can see the the Saints' experience in the defence coming through strong to be the main talking point in this matchup. And I think they'll be mainly the reason they get the job done. However, the Saints' offensive line... That, that's nothing to rave about currently. Um, it looked extremely weak against the Panthers team who managed four sacks and applied a lot of pass rush pressure on on, on Derek Carr, who's a, a pass-oriented quarterback. Um, we know that he doesn't have much of a run game. There's not much better news for, for Packers fans, although Jordan Love has settled well this season to the offense and he did pick up three touchdowns last week against a fiery Falcons team. He'll need to keep some and all really of that composure to convert touchdowns against this Saints team. We a completion rate for Love of just over 50%. The Saints are going to look to apply big pressure to him and hopefully pick and strip the ball. I know that Cam Jordan's going to, going to get to him this week. Good news for Packers fans. Christian Watson has trained today and could be available for Sunday's game. And I think they'll need him. This will be... A matchup I will be keeping an eye on the most, and I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup. Callum, what are your thoughts on this game? Who are you going to be taking? Yeah, this is another one of those really intriguing games, really. Um, I've seen a lot to like and a lot to hate from both both of these teams, to be honest. Obviously, you've got the Green Bay offense, who's looked pretty decent start of the season. Obviously, Jordan Lovers probably had a better, better start to his career as he could have hoped for. 
Um, but the Green Bay defense hasn't hasn't looked all that. I mean, they give up, like you said, two touchdowns uh, in the final quarter last week. Um, and Jared Alexander's not looking not looking to his best. We saw Drake London sort of have a bit of a, a bit of a field day with Alexander last week, which I wasn't expecting. Then in contrast, obviously, you look at you look at the Saints, and it's almost the opposite. The offense has really struggled to get going. Obviously, they're still missing Alvin Kamara, um, but Derek Carr's not look not looked, not looked anything special through the first two weeks. And uh, yeah, the offense has seen seen slow. Obviously, they had some doesn't look last week. They Taysom Hill, he seemed to get the ground game going. But it's the defense of the Saints, of course, as it as it has been for the last couple of seasons, where they're keeping them in games. They're restricting the opposite team to to few points. So I think this this matchup is mainly the Green Bay offense against a very strong a very strong Saints defense. Uh, I'm sure you can you can attest to that more than anybody. Um, but I I'm gonna uh, take I'm gonna take the Packers in in this one. Uh, I think just just gonna outscore them, especially if they get Christian Watson and Aaron Jones back. I think that's a brilliant duo to have back and a great asset to the team. Uh, and I think yeah they'll they'll just do enough and come out 26-20 winners with a home advantage. No, no, I'll, I'll have to disagree with you massively on this one. I mean, obviously, I'm biased because I'm taking my, my my boys in in Saints. Um, I feel like Derek's going to be uh, going to be, you know, a bit more relaxed on, on the days. He's sort of gelling with his teammates now, um, and I th- and I think he's probably got he, he has got a lot a lot to prove. Um, but with, with with the wild card of Taysom Hill coming in and, and and his rush players, I just think they'll be able to get the job done on on offense. Will the Green Bay or will the Saints defense be too good? I'm going for the Saints to win twenty to seventeen, a tight game. And as a as a Saints fan, how have you how have you rated Derek Carr's um, start to the season? Were you expecting more from him, or is it sort of what you were expecting? Well, I think I mean every NFL fan, including myself, can probably does expect more from the quarterback. But that's that's the same no matter what team. Um, I think he's had he's had two game weeks now where he can settle in. He's had that sort of grace period, um, and and. We know that Taysom's coming in as well to help him. Um, the man's a machine. Um, hopefully, Derek can can settle in this match and, and over the next couple of game weeks and get to uh, get to three and zero. Be a be a great start for the Saints. Yeah, I, I mean, fancy us. I mean, yeah, he doesn't really have any excuses with the receiving core he's got. Obviously, he's got Michael Thomas, who, although he's aging now, he's still one of the best one of the best wide receivers in the league. Sorry, now obviously you've got the youth of uh, Chris Olave just outside him, who's. You know, he won Rookie of the Year last year, so he's clearly no slouch. And um, like I say, it's really like connection keep, to keep, keep an going. eye on uh, Rashid Rashid as well, uh, Callum. The yeah. guy, uh, he, he comes in for a couple of plays, but he is explosive, and he and, and he'll make them massive plays at Windy Games, like he did last week. You know, we we managed to get that first down that was massive, just get us up the pitch and um, t- sort of take the pressure off off the defense for a bit. They they probably needed the breather actually with uh, with the amount of uh, graft that they had to do to 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 get that game over the line. Yeah, I mean that that guy's popped up absolutely massive in in the first two weeks, and I mean all teams are going to struggle to cover all three of those receivers. I mean once they get uh, Alvin Kamara back, it's going to be a very dynamic offense, I believe. If if Kamara is of course back to his his best that we've seen over the past few years, uh, I don't think he's returning this week. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see whether they can whether the Saints can put up more points than they have been. No, uh, Kamara won't be back this week, unfortunately. I think he's I think he's back next week, actually. So uh, yeah, that'll be even more more of a dynamic effect, and hopefully these uh, these Saints boys will, will get the job done against Green Bay. So in week three, we see the Houston Texans travel to Everback Stadium to take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
So how have these been? How have these teams been doing? The Jags are coming to this week three matchup with a one on one record, uh, with a win against the Colts and a loss against the Chiefs. The Texans coming to this matchup with what we expected a, a zero and two start. Um, sorry, Texans fans, we lost us, lost us to the Ravens and the Colts. I will actually mention that the Jags beat the Colts in week one and the Texans did lose to them last week. So to me, that would suggest that the Jags should win this game. Although I don't think it'd be easy by any means. So last week, the Jags didn't actually manage to put up a single touchdown um, against Kansas City Chiefs. Although, I mean, they are the Super Bowl champions, so they, they are the best in the NFL currently. The Texans, to me, actually did look improved. Um Although they did find themselves down 28-10 at halftime, which which proved to be a little bit too much work for CJ Stroud and the Texans' offense in the second half. Fair play to the Texans, though. They had a go at it. So coming to this match, the Jags are actually ranked ninth in the uh, in the overall power rankings with some powerful offensive reckon, uh, weapons in Calvin Ridley, Etienne, and Christian Kirk. All have really impressed me over the last two weeks. And I think the Jags were probably a bit unlucky not to convert a touchdown against the Chiefs. Calvin Ridley had 132, sorry, 132 yards and one touchdown over the first two game weeks. Back from a ban, he's, he's got a point to prove. And going up against a, a, an opponent like the Texans, he's got a great chance to improve his records. I thought that CJ Stroud played brilliantly against the Colts in game week two. He, uh, he actually completed 30 out of 47 passing attempts. He managed 348 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And I'm, and I'm really happy for him. And I hope that he can keep going and keep improving this Texans team. This compared to where, where sorry, this compared to game week one, where he looks a lot more settled um, in, in two, sorry. Uh, he looks a lot more settled. And and he did manage to find multi, multiple receivers against Colts for 70 plus yard receptions. I will also mention Nico Collins for the Texans. He was exceptional. He, he actually picked up 146 yards of seven receptions and he did manage his touchdown. And I think he's got to carry that form over to stand a chance of beating this Jags team. I'm sure the Jags this week, they'll, they'll be they'll be wanting to apply a lot uh, of intense pressure, uh, especially on the pass rush onto the rookie and, and hoping to stop any momentum from the first drive to the last. CJ was sacked six times last week against the Colts and unfortunately I can probably see similar numbers maybe a little bit more from the Jags um, because that offensive line probably needs some work Callum what are your thoughts on this matchup and, and who do you fancy this week I mean yeah we're all expecting this game to be quite a one-sided affair um, obviously the Jags are one of the favourites for the whole Super Bowl uh, despite their loss against the Chiefs last week um, but I do think this game will be quite a bit closer than people are anticipating. I mean, although Texans, yes, they're in a rebuild and they're expecting this to take a few years before they can actually start seeing um, a winning record or a, or a chance at a playoffs. The one bright spark is, of course, CJ Stroud. Uh, last week, bought 384 yards uh, and no interceptions, which for a rookie quarterback is just phenomenal. Having obviously been down so many points, how often do we see rookie quarterbacks come into the league with a poor team? They go... 10, 15, 20 points behind and then it's just like interception after interception and they're just beating themselves up. Stroud didn't do that. He looked after the ball well and obviously almost almost led a comeback this week, uh, last week, sorry. But unfortunately, that's all it will be. A nearly, nearly a comeback and this week I expect him to struggle against a very good Jags defence. 
But with all the positive things said about CJ Stroud, I will be taking the Jags in this matchup. I, I expect their offense to improve this week, and I expect, you know, they've got a lot of weapons, and I think they will have fun with that Texans defense. So I'm going to take the Jags 27 to 20. Um, close than people think of it, I believe. Um, but what, what are your expectations, Thomas? Um, well, I feel like I've actually wrote the Texans off here. Um, you've you've said a lot of positive things, and and you know what? I really hope that that there is positivity, and 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 I and, and I hope that Texans do well. Um, I've actually gone for twenty four to nine in the Jags' favor. I think they've got a point to prove, and they although they were looking good and 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 wanting to get that Super Bowl winning season, and a lot of fans are behind them. I think they've got a point to prove. They've got to, they've got to win big here and stop uh, Texans from getting anything going. Yeah, I mean, the Jags were disappointing last weekend to Chiefs. They didn't even find the end zone once in the game, um, which is obviously a massive negative, having one of the best young quarterbacks in the league and plenty of weapons around him. Um, but again, they did limit the Chiefs to just 17 points. So if they can limit the, the Texans to 17 points or less, then I think this offense is actually going to improve this week and it'll be, they'll do just enough to, to take over the Texans. The Miami Dolphins will host an unpredictable Denver Broncos this week. This, for me, a very interesting match that I'll be keeping my eye on. Ex-Saints head coach Sean Payton will be looking for his first win of the season against an informed Dolphins team. It's going to be tough. The Dolphins are coming off a massive win against the LA Chargers with the uh, with the offense putting up huge numbers and a tidy divisional win against Patriots by seven points. The Broncos, however, disappointed in my opinion. Two games, two losses. Against the Raiders and Commanders, really. Two teams, in my opinion, that they should be looking to win if they're wanting to push for the playoffs this season. I think the main talking points have got to be that Dolphins offense. In in, in game week one, star quarterback Tua, uh, he threw for a massive 466 yards with three touchdowns, two going to a red-hot Tyree killer we know a lot about. He, he managed to pick up 11 receptions for 215 yards and, and two touchdowns. The pass game looks incredible for the Dolphins, with those two with those two back to the best, in my opinion. In 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 week two against the Patriots, we also saw Jaden Waddle and Raheem Mostert got heavily involved in the action, and they managed to pick up a touchdown apiece against the Patriots. The Dolphins are currently sat first for their offensive power ranking, and have had a total of nine hundred twenty-five combined yards in the first two weeks. I don't see the Broncos slowing them down. In comparison. The Denver Broncos offense were respectably sat 16th, haven't necessarily struggled to generate a lot of offense, and they've managed to pick up 659 combined yards. I'd be more concerned for the def- the defense in this matchup. I don't believe they'll be able to stop Frank, play- Frank Smith's playbook and the Dolphins' offensive quality. Although we can never underestimate Sean Payton. I'm a Saints fan, I know that. We know that he's tricky. As we saw in game week one, he actually went for an onside kick with the first game of the play. First play of the game, sorry. Sean's Broncos will need to come up with some elite players and trickery to get points on the board against the Dolphins, in my opinion. Should be an interesting matchup. Callum, what are your thoughts on this? Who are you taking? Yeah, I think we're both under the same pressure here. I think we're both leaning the same way. Um, I just can't understand this Denver Broncos team, to be honest. Obviously, in week one, they, they fired in a very low-scoring game against the Raiders in a tough 17-16 loss. Um, where the offense couldn't get anything going, but the defense was playing well. A week later, they then played the Commanders, who are one of the worst teams in football, despite being two and zero. And that's a, a goal fest. It's thirty-five to thirty-three to the Commanders, 
um, where the offense was cooking, but the defense couldn't get anything, any stops on the field. Um, and obviously, the Broncos obviously had all, had all that momentum at the end of the game. They threw a Hail Mary, which took three deflections, I think, and then caught in the end zone. But then, again, couldn't couldn't convert the two-point conversion, which I think is a story of the Broncos' um, team over these last two years. So I'm just so confused with what are the strengths and weaknesses of this Broncos team. On the other side of the ball, obviously, you've got the Dolphins, and it's clear to see their strengths is their offense. They've probably got the best offense in the league, and I think that is statistically true for the first two weeks. Uh, Tua, obviously, probably the MVP favorite at the minute. And uh, Tyreek Hill is on for 2,000 yards. So the offense is cooking. We're, we actually really what that de- defense is made of. But again, I think the offense is just going to be far, far too strong for this uh, Broncos team. Um, and again, I think this this could be the beginning of the end for Russell Wilson's career in Denver after they sold all that compensation for him. It's not working and they've got to get it right soon. And I can't see it being this week. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Lower scoring than some people are saying, I believe, but 27 to 16. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, th- I think I've probably gone for a bit of a mix of, of the two games that we've seen already. Um, I'm actually going to lock the Dolphins in comfortably this week to win 35-20. Yeah, I mean, if, if there is any positives for the Broncos, it's the fact that Marvin Mims just took off on two plays a week ago for 113 yards, seemingly from out of nowhere. Um, and when you look at their team on paper, they've actually got a, a good lineup at, at the wide receiver slot. I've got Marvin Mims is a great deep threat. Uh, Cortland Sutton, a big body receiver for the for the red zone, and obviously Jerry Judy, who's coming out of college, he was one of the best prospects in that year's draft. Um, he's not really lived up to the hype, but he's still a good route runner. Um, and again, I think they're going to need all those weapons and just try and go toe for toe with the Dolphins this week, some way, somehow. Um, try try and match match the Dolphins to points. Um, but one thing I will say on that with it, with uh, the Dolphins and Tua specifically, obviously we all know he's got a big arm. We all know he can th- throw the deep routes to um, to Tyreek Hill. But obviously last week he had to adjust. The, the the Patriots stopped all those deep balls and he does it perfectly, throwing quick balls over the middle. And he, he just he stayed patient with it. He didn't try and force anything down the field. And he showed he could win like multidimensionally. He doesn't have to just throw deep balls. He can throw it over the mini- middle and punish you in a variety of different ways. And I think if he stays healthy this season... They could have a very, very good season on the hands. I, I completely, completely agree with everything that you've said, Colin. Uh, I think you're spot on. Um, is is there a chance for the Broncos? Has Sean Payton got anything? Can he? Can the veteran draft up anything to get to get anything from this game, or is it just Dolphins for you? You know as well as anyone, Thomas. You can never write off Sean Payton. He's always coming up with something special. But again, I think the Dolphins will have just too much. Another week three matchup, we have the Jets taking on the Patriots. Both of these teams are going to have a tough loss this week and will be looking to bounce back against their divisional rivals. The, the Patriots have come out on top in the last 14 of these matchups and will be looking to continue that run of form this week. The Patriots will be looking to take advantage of under pressure quarterback Zach Wilson, who struggled last week, completing just 44% of his throws for three interceptions against the best defense in football. There also seems to be more issues with the Jets' camp as Brees Hall took to Twitter to complain about the amount of touches he got against the Cowboys. Sauce Gardner has also since deleted his ex-account after a back-and-forth with fans on Twitter. However, it's not all doom and gloom for Jets fans, as through the first two weeks, their defence has looked one of the best in the league and expect them to stand up well against what is an average Patriots offence. On top of that, Patriots are still dealing with a banged-up offensive line that gave up four sacks against the Dolphins, and the Jets will be looking to take advantage of that weakness this week. 
If the Patriots are to come out with a victory this week, I expect Hunter Henry to feature heavily after his impressive start to the season, establishing himself as one of the best tight ends in the league through the first two weeks. So there's not too much excitement about this game, but who are you, who are you taking this one, Thomas? Well, it, it, it's that matchup, that divisional matchup. It's it's always tough against the Patriots. We we know how good Bill Belichick is and how well coached this Patriots team is, um, all, all the way through the years and. I know they haven't necessarily got off to the best start, um, but I'd hope that Bill Belichick can can, can get a, a win on the board against the Jets. I think um, that Patriots defense will, will, will get to Zach Wilson just just like the Cowboys did. Maybe not as good, um, and hopefully force some some fumbles or some interceptions, turn the ball over and capitalize. So I'll be taking the Patriots in this game, um, seventeen to thirteen. Right, well, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I'm going to take the Jets to break the 14-game loss streak. Um, I also think it'll be a low-scoring affair. Um, again, two good defences and two very average offences. But I'm, I think Zach Wilson's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder and try and silence his doubters this week, um, at least for one week. Uh, we saw him connect with Garrett Wilson a couple of times last week as that um, connection seems to be establishing. And if they can continue that partnership this week, I can see them just about coming out on top of this matchup. So I'm actually going to the opposite scoreline too. I'm going to take the Jets 17-13. Zach Wilson to silence some doubters and Garrett Wilson to continue his run of form and just show his excellence. Uh, and also, I can't I can't see anything on the uh, Patriots side of the football that would, would scare this Jets defence. So I'm just wondering where do you think the score is going to come from, Thomas? Well, I'm going to pose the question, can Zeke Elliott get going for the Patriots? We've seen what he can do at the Cowboys. We know that he picks up those yards that not many running backs can. This is a big chance for him, a big divisional game. For me, Zeke Elliott makes the difference here. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I think his legs are gone, to be honest with you. I've watched him regress over the last few seasons for the Cowboys, and his legs are gone. He looked diabolical. That's the only way I can describe him as, diabolical through the first two weeks of the, of the season. And that's wearing his jersey, by the way. And wearing his, his jersey, and I'm saying he's been diabolical through the first two weeks of the season. Um, he's fumbled the ball at least once, if not twice. Um, and I can't see the points coming from Zeke. Well, I think he'll get more than enough chance because Christian Gonzalez is going to pick off Zach Wilson <laughs> at least once. This week, we see the Tennessee Titans travel up from the AFC South to the AFC North to match up with the Cleveland Browns. Both teams going to match that one and one on the season records. The Browns coming into this match managed to get a shock win against the Bengals in game week one, but then lost in game week two, disappointing to me, to a struggling Steelers. The Titans, with an equal record as well, will look poor in game week one against the Saints, but had an overtime win against the LA Chargers. From what we've seen from both teams, I'll start with the Browns. In week one, we saw Deshaun Watson firing for the Browns against a poor-looking Bengals team. Tip for the Super Bowl before the season started. Whether that were pre-season absence for Burroughs because of injury, or is there something else going on behind the scenes, I'm not sure. Although he did get that massive contract signed, so I don't think that would be the case. I do genuinely think it is, is injury for Burroughs, and he just needs to get settled. But credit to the Browns for getting the job done there. There's, you can't take any way, anything away from them. Um, and, and we know it's a historic and big matchup, and uh, both both teams obviously want to win that massively. But then, as I mentioned, back into week two, uh, disappointment to, for Browns fans. They played 
a Pittsburgh Steelers team who got demolished by the Niners in the first week, I guess that's NFL at its finest. To make matters worse for the Browns, they are without their star running back, Nick Chubb, who's picked up a, a knee injury um, out for the season, I believe. TalkSport reported this, and I quote, the Cleveland Browns look like the 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 NFL sports most cursed team with a number of horrific injuries that we've seen over the over over the years, and, and Nick Chubb is uh, is the latest setback and adds to that list. However, there is some positive news for Browns fans. Browns fans, this week they welcomed Kareem Hunt back, who signed for the Browns on Wednesday. He was with the team last year and should have a good understanding of their offensive playbook. I expect him to to share the load with Jerome Ford this week. Going on to Tennessee, they they did look poor the first game week against the Saints. I I, I thought that, that Tannehill just didn't really quite get going. Whether that's because of the strong Saints defence, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'll probably say it is. Um, but the Titans managed to overcome the LA Chargers in a shock defeat in my eyes. Although both teams did start the season 0-1, I expected more from the Chargers. So fair play to the Titans. They were now going into game week three with more momentum than the Browns. Big Derrick Henry, the Titans star man, as always in my opinion, managed to pick up 80 yards from a massive 25 carries to help secure a touchdown and a win for his team against the Chargers. And then a massive defensive performance from the Titans' defence, who managed to win in overtime. They, they sent Herbert three and out to secure a chip shop set up by the Titans. I believe this will be a very tight game between two teams desperate to get back to winning ways and, and, and go two and one and got those winning records back. But the markets are tipping Browns this week. I'm thinking Titans, maybe an upset of the week. Callum, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Again, we've got two teams here who I can't really seem to understand. They can't seem to get a grip with their identity, I don't think. Um, obviously, we know how good the Titans are when um, Derek Henry's playing his best football. We know he's sharing the load a bit more this season, and they looked phenomenal a week ago against the Chargers. But again, the Chargers have a very poor defence. Uh, they're coming to this one against the Browns, who are a much more potent defence. Uh, and I think that will play a big, big factor in this game. Obviously, you've got Miles Garrett coming off the edge who can cause disruption. And uh, Denzel Ward has looked great so far this season at corner. But again, the big question is posed about the Browns' offence. Uh, they're obviously without their best player now, Nick Chubb. Yes, uh, Kareem Hunt is back. Um, but he didn't look you know, particularly that good last season, hence why they've got rid of him. Um, Ford obviously came in last week and did an absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, but let's not, let's not discredit the offensive line here. It's, it's one of the best offensive lines in the whole of football. And that does... Um, go hand in hand with a good run game. So again, there's there's politics on both sides of the football here. Um, but I do I am going to take the Cleveland Browns in this one. I think that defense is going to be too much for the Titans to handle. Uh, I think uh, Tannehill will be under pressure from from the word go. So I'm actually going to take the Browns in a lower scoring, 24-17. Well, I'm going to take the Titans this week. I think Tannehill, he's, he's got the momentum this week. He uh, he looked good last week. He got the job done. I know it's an upset. The the, the markets suggest that Browns are going to win, but I'm going for 27-24 to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, to be honest, mate, I can just see whichever team turns up on the day is obviously going to be the winner without trying to sound too obvious. I mean, these teams 
are just so unpredictable, obviously, as we've seen for the, t- the first two weeks. Both can look good, both can look bad. Um, and I think that's what it's going to be all season for these teams. Uh, I think they will both be, you know, fighting for the maybe the wild card spots later in the season. Um, and this could be a crucial game in deciding which of these teams actually gets a chance in the playoffs. Um, but for I, me, I, I, th- on, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Callum. Um, these are the type of the games for me that you've got to win if you want to begin in those playoffs. Whether that's through winning the division, I'm not sure if either team's going to be good enough to do that. I think probably a wild card spot could could suit either team. But for me, you've got you've got to win these games if you want to be getting to the postseason. Yeah, I mean the Titan the Titans division is pretty wide open. I think they currently sit third in the AFC uh, AFC South. They've also got the Jaguars and Colts, who are all level with them in the standings. Um, of course, they, obviously the Jags are the backed favourites to win that division. But I think there's a lot of wins to come out of that division. Obviously, you play everyone twice, and none of those teams look outstanding. And I think the Titans can steal some wins, but I just don't think this will be one of them. I mean, the Browns, let's not forget, yes, the, the, the defence is incredible, but the Browns, like I said, they've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. I think the Titans will struggle to get to the quarterback. And obviously they've got some good weapons as well. They've got Amari Cooper, who, despite injury last week, he still put up, put up a big performance. And, um, you know, I expect him to just continue to get stronger and stronger this week, uh, as the weeks go on, sorry. Um, obviously they've also got David Njoku and Elijah Moore, so they have got talent on both sides of the football, the Browns. I think it's just this Browns curse that's been going on for years. Um, they just can't seem to break the mould of it. But with that being said, I trust my gut on this one and take the Browns. The final 6pm game that we'll talk about is the Commanders versus the Buffalo Bills. This week we see the Buffalo Bills travel down the East Coast. They make the short and long trip to the uh, to the NFC underdogs. The Washington Commanders... The Commanders come into this uh, into this matchup with a flawless 2-0 record with three massive takeaways. The first time they've actually done this since 2011. We've, but they've only got wins against the struggling Cardinals and, and Broncos. However, credit to Washington because those are the type of must-win games to achieve the playoffs, in my opinion. And that could be their aim this season. Granted, I know they're in a, in a, in a tough, tough division. Um, but like I said, you've, you, you've, you can only beat what's in front of you. The Bills come into this game, sat one on one with a miserable loss to division rivals uh, against the New York Jets, who who did look comfortable against them, to be fair. And uh, and the Bills managed to pick up a win against the LA Raiders. Sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bills who were knocked off Russ from week one, dominated the Raiders in week two, and I can see the same happening against the Commanders this week. Josh Allen, maybe he's uh, just dusted off the old cobwebs. He did complete 31 out of 37 passing attempts last week for 274 yards and three touchdowns. To me, he's a quarterback that can do it all. Um, really, really good. And I think I, I admire him a lot. I think he's brilliant. He actually found three different receivers for passing touchdowns last week, which suggests the Bills' offense has a lot of variation in the passing game. And I can expect to see more of this. James Cook was cooking. He had a great game. 17 carries for 123 yards, which helped set up a high amount of touchdowns for Josh Allen. Really got them up the pitch and set them up for those uh, those receiving touchdowns. Damon Harris and Davis Murray both deserve a mention. They got a nice touchdown each. Um, not 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 so much yardage, but you've you've got to score, and that's what matters. A player that I expect more from this week is Stefan Diggs. I expect him to be a lot more involved uh, going forward. He's a powerful weapon who's, who's obviously proved himself a lot in the past. Finally, the Bills' defence managed two interceptions last week to help take the game away from the Raiders. 
and I fancy him to do that against the Washington Commanders as well. However, the Commanders have shown this season that they're here to play and win. Sunday will probably be more of a real test against a team that's made, a, made the playoffs a lot in the recent years. But Sam Howell's Sam looking good. He's, he's looking like that offence is clicking. He's, he's looking good with his drive receivers. He's, he's making touchdowns. Terry McLaughlin and Logan Thomas, who picked up a touchdown each against the Broncos. He found them, they scored, and they won. Also, I need to mention the fact that they had a really impressive comeback. I mean, right from the first quarter, to the, the commanders showed spirit and a team personality just to never stop. Granted, it was massively outside by the defence in Chase Young and Montez Sweat, who picked up three sacks between them. But team spirit is everything. And believing in themselves after being behind from, from minute one till till right up to the end, they got the job done and they got the win. Fair play to them. They'll need that if they want to get anything from this Bills team, in my opinion. Callum, what are your thoughts on this game? Who are you taking? And who are you fancying? Yeah, I think this week will be the week that the Commanders are humbled, and rightly so as well. They've obviously shot off to a 2-0 start against arguably two of the worst teams in the Football League. Um, so I think the Commanders fans need to not get too carried away with themselves with those two victories. Um, and I will agree, you know, Sam Howell has looked um, looked good in his, in his you know, the start of his career. Um, and I think the bonus for them last week was they got the running game going. Brian Robinson looked phenomenal and they will need to heavily rely on it this week to, to beat the Bills. Um, they've also got Terry McLaurin as well, who's been one of the best receivers in the Leeds in the league for a long, long while. Well, I said long, he's not been in the league that long, but he's been so good from when he joined the league. And I just think, he, I, I, I'm i praying for him to get traded to a good team because I think he is one, he, he would be lights <laughs> out on a good team and, uh, you know, he'd take a team to a Super Bowl. But that's enough positives now there for the commanders. Again, I think this, um, this Bills team's got far, far too much talent. Um, last week they got... The running game going with James Cook, and I think that really did help um, Josh Adler not like to take the pressure off his shoulders, um, and it got him back to winning ways. He protected the ball well last week, and they've just got so many weapons. You know, Stefan Diggs, he's as good as they come, uh, and Gabe Davis is a great wide receiver too, and a great a great weapon for the, for the Bills. So I can see this game being a bit of a whitewash, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I am taking the Bills. Uh, I'm going to take them 30 to 17. How about you? Apologies, Commanders fans. I agree. I can only see the game going one way, and that's with a with a Bills win. Josh Allen and his weapons—they're going to have a stormer. It's going to be tight, but Bills will win 31-24. Yeah, I think this could be the start of a of a good run for the for the Bills. Obviously, the first week people were questioning Josh Allen, Josh Allen, including myself. Uh, with the amount of inception he's thrown. Um, but, you know, they, they, they're still what they have been for the last couple of seasons. One of the best teams in the league when, and only when, Josh Allen is on his best and not... I don't know, we have some games where his head's not with it and he's throwing inceptions, but this week, against one of the worst teams in the league, in my opinion, I think he will have a field day. I know, we we, we probably shouldn't take too much too much from uh, from game week two, but... I like Josh Allen a lot. I think when he's at his best, he is really, really up there. Um, and I think he he gets this job done comfortably. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, I think you do rate um, Josh Allen just a bit higher than myself. I just can't stand it when you see people putting him in the conversation of uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. For me, he's uh, he's not on that level. He can win in the regular season. 
Um, but he throws too many interceptions. And I think he's just a slightly better version of Dak Prescott, to be honest. He gets it done against the bad teams. And when he, get, when he comes up against a good defence or a pressure game, that's when he does fold. Um, but maybe I'll be proven wrong this season, but it won't be this week. So we now move on to the first of the 9pm games here in the UK. We have the Seahawks taking on the Panthers. The Seahawks carry all of the momentum coming into this week after an impressive overtime victory against the Detroit Lions a week ago with Tyler Lockett featuring heavily in key moments, catching two touchdown passes. In contrast, the Panthers come off a tough-fought loss against a 2-0 New Orleans Saints after rookie quarterback Bryce Young was under pressure all night long as the offensive line struggled to deal with the Saints' defence. It didn't get much better on the other side of the ball either as, defense, as the defence struggled to contain Taysom Hill and the, the Saints' rushing attack. However, if there is a glimmer of hope coming into this week for the Panthers, is that Bryce Young was able to put together a touchdown drive late in the fourth quarter to connect with Adam Phelan for a three-yard touchdown. We'll need to see more of that this week uh, for any hope for the Panthers. However, I do fear for the Panthers' secondary this week as they face a potent trio of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant, who through this season so far have looked impressive. If there is anything for the Seahawks to fear, it's their own injury list. Jamal Adams and Devin Bush are both questionable this league, and Reek Woolen left the game early on Sunday against the Lions with a shoulder injury, but is likely to return for this game. If the Panthers are to beat the Seahawks, it's going to have to come through the passing game. The Seahawks have given up a total of 645 yards through the air in the first two weeks of the season, and it's certainly an area where Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, will look to exploit. The Panthers must take home from the fact that they won this fixture a season ago, but in my opinion, the Seahawks will have too much firepower for their lacklustre Panthers. Expectantly, Geno Smith have a huge game this week after he carried the team to victory a week ago, passing for over 300 yards for a second consecutive week. Right then, Thomas, who are you taking in this one and why? I think for me, it's uh, it's got to be the Seahawks for me this week. Um, they're coming off a, a massive momentum win uh, late in overtime against uh, against the Lions. Uh, I think they've just got too much quality um, up, up on offense. Um, I think I think the Panthers will probably struggle again. Um, Gen- Geno Smith looked absolutely incredible last week against the Lions. I mean, he threw for 328 yards and picked up two touchdowns. Um, another to mention would be Tyler Lockett. He was fantastic. He uh, he made two massive plays to, to get to get the Seahawks back in it and, and, and to overtime. And then they just had a, that, that bit more quality to get the job done. I yeah. think Trey Brown, sorry to mention, Trey Brown, he picked up a sack and an interception last week. Um, he was fantastic. He, um, he, he managed to um, to win the ball at an important important period of time, which, which helps Seahawks get the job done. So I'll be taking the Seahawks at thirty to seventeen. Yeah, I I agree. I'm taking the Seahawks at twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, do you see any hope at all for the for the Panthers? Um. Well, I, I was I was fairly impressed when when I saw them play the Saints. Um. Obviously, we we want to see rookies do well, especially quarterbacks. Um. We saw Bryce Young, as you mentioned, pick up his first touchdown. Is is going to have to keep that composure if they, if they send any chance to. I think they do. Mm, I don't think so. Maybe if he can get Adam Thielen, uh, you know, rocking it a, a little bit more and and get the ball to him, then maybe there's a chance. But but not for me. I think uh, I think the Hawks will, will probably get through this one. Yeah, I mean the Seahawks definitely impressed a week ago. Uh, one thing I would like to see from them this week is a bit more of an established run game. Obviously, if we can see them, we can see how well they pass the ball. Obviously, they've got some very good 
very good talent at wide receiver, but again later in the season when it when we come down into the winter, you you want to have a uh, a strong run game. And Kenneth Walker's not really got off to the start of the season. He would have been hoping. So one thing I'm looking for this week is for the Hawks to establish a strong run game. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for him. Um, for for me, Pete Carroll's going to be targeting this game. He's he's going to be wanting to win this game like, like you do any other game, really. But maybe drill down on that on that rush game as well. See where he can get out of Kenneth Walker. Um, like I said, he's he's got a good chance to uh, to to get some numbers. Yeah, it's a massive chance for them to go two and one after this week. The next matchup we'll be taking a look at is the Chiefs versus the Bears. The Bears head into this matchup with a massively disappointing loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in which Justin Field looked awful. He completed just 55% of his passes with two interceptions, including a pick six. It wasn't just the throws he was missing, though, as much as it was the balls he was not throwing. He was holding onto the ball for far too long and missing, missing receivers that were wide open. The hallmarks of a quarterback severely lacking confidence. The Bears also allowed six sacks in the game, but a fair share of the blame should be apportioned to the quarterback here, as he was taking far too long in his progressions and holding onto the ball for far too long. A rare positive in an otherwise disappointing week was the fact that DJ Moore showed the quality he was brought to the Bears offense for. He had 104 yards of six receptions last week and was accompanied by Chase, Chase Claypool showing, showing a glimpse of why the Bears traded him in the first place as he got his first touchdown of his Bears career. The Bears have given up 25 or more yards in their last 12 games, and this, then they could tie the NFL record this week if they give up another 25 yards to the Chiefs team. However, they now go up against the best quarterback in the NFL, and this week, Paddy Mahomes got paid again as he restructured his contract with the Chiefs. He will now take home $210 million guaranteed over the next four years, and I expect he'll be looking to show, that, expecting to show the owners why he's worth every penny of that this week when he steps on the pitch. Last week in their win over the Jags, Mahomes and the Chiefs welcomed back to his favourite playmaker in Travis Kelsey. Despite a quiet game for the best tight end in the game, he still found himself open in the end zone for his first touchdown of the season. I expect him to be better this week as he continues to get healthier from a recent knee injury. However, it wasn't the offence that has impressed so far this season, but the defence. After restructuring his contract, the returning Chris Jones proved he hadn't missed a step as he lit up the games with one and a half stacks and five quarterback pressures despite playing limited snaps. I expect to see a similar production this week. Jones and the Chiefs combined for four total sacks and limited the Jaguars three field goals last week, cementing their plays as one of the best defences in the league. This week, they come up against a struggling offence and a quarterback with a severe lack of confidence, expected to be a sack central in Chicago. The main concern with the Chiefs team so far this season has been the lack of experience and quality at the wide receiver position, but I expect Andy Reid to scheme up more plays this week to get his young wide receivers open and get more touches of the football. With what we've seen so far this season, Thomas, can you see a way for the for the Bears to come out on top here? No, absolutely not. I don't think they've they've got a chance. Not not a chance at all. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but um, the the Chiefs are gonna gonna run right this game um, and really dominate dominate the Bears. Um, I, I just can't see it being any other way. Sorry, Bears fans. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields has been probably the worst the worst quarterback in football in competition with Zach Wilson for that for that title. He's uh he's come out on interview today, um saying you know he's been robotic for the first two weeks and he has to put that put put the blame on the coaching staff, um uh, for for overfeeding him information when he just wants to go out and play his own game. So we'll see this week if that makes a difference if he if he loosens up a little bit and just starts slinging it, or whether he's just trying to pass the blame onto the Bears coaches. On the other I think side... I will mention that. Sorry, Cal. Go on, sorry. You go. I think I will mention that. Um... 
the Chiefs are due a big win. Um, and it, I know they, they lost the first game, a bit disappointed against the Lions, and they, they only picked up a 17-9 victory last week against the Jags. This needs to be a statement game for the Chiefs, in my opinion. I don't... Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, he's insane. He's, he's the best of the best um, over the last couple of years. But I'm sure he'll be wanting to uh, to get some points on the board this week. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think we could be seeing a big big Chiefs victory this week as they try to you know, give their wide receivers some conf- confidence. I mean, Tony got quite a few touches at the start of last week's game and then sort of boiled off um, as, the, as the game went on. Um, but I think this is the game where they will be analysing the offence. If they struggle again this week against a poor uh, Bears defence, they might actually look to the market and try, and try and trade for a receiver. So I think this is a get-right game for the Chiefs. And, you know, they've got a point to prove going up against one of the worst teams in the league. So with that being said, Thomas, are you, are you taking the Chiefs? I will be. I will be taking the Chiefs. I'll be taking the Chiefs to win this 31-12. I hope that Kelsey's back and firing. Love the guy. Um, I mean, you can't not love him, I don't think. I think just Chiefs, maybe maybe just one of those teams that you that you just can't hate. Um, and I hope that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we've, I've seen what he can do in the past in the rushing game. Let's, uh, let's get him back to his best as well and uh, the, the Bears will, will lose this game. Yeah, well, I just hope Travis Kelsey is not too distracted by uh, by Taylor Swift this week. We know they are rumoured to be seeing each other, <laughs> allegedly. And so we'll see where his head's at. Each uh, need to shake off the cobwebs, I think. Um, but yeah, like you say, uh, expect more from the running game this week. Pacheco obviously was the best back for the Chiefs last season, but they've got a nice one-two punch there. And I expect them trying to establish that this week. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs in a landslide, uh, 27-16. to 16. I expect the Kansas defense to uh, dominate this game. I expect, obviously, them to control the time possession. Uh, in doing so, this will wear down that Bears defense further. And as the game continues, I think it'll open up and we'll see some big plays um, from the likes of Kelsey and partners. Yeah, the defense will be brilliant this week. I think uh, Legarius Sneed, uh, Nick Bolton, Justin Reed, they're going to be feeding like Bears on the Bears this week. <laughs> well, this is the first time really since... Since obviously this, um, since Mahomes has come into the league, that the Chiefs' defense have actually been this good. Um, obviously, we're used to seeing the the offense dominate game and just outscore the opposition. But I think it started last year and it's continuing to this year. The defense just looks lights out, and especially with Chris Jones last week. I mean, there was question marks over how how fit he would be and what his production would be like, and instantly he silenced the doubters. He was constantly the constantly at the uh, at the quarterback pressuring him and I think he was unlucky just to get a sack and a half to be honest and I expect this week wow he's going to have a field game field day sorry I completely agree with you Chiefs Chiefs take this one we now move on to the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals and this one could well be the best team in football versus the worst team in football the Cardinals got off to a great start in week 2 stretching out a 20-0 lead before crumbling in the second half to Danny Dimes this is signs of a poor team who should not be giving up a 20-0 lead to a very average uh, New York Giants. They could not contain Jones, who threw for 321 yards and two touchdowns, followed by 59 yards with his legs and another touchdown. The Arizona defense couldn't help but go up big plays in the second half, as they allowed 14 plays of over 10 yards leading to the Giants' comeback. They won't be held up this week, as Buda Baker is still injured and will not feature against the Cowboys. Another major concern for the Cardinals is they just lost the Giants, who the who the Cowboys beat forty to zero in Week One. The Dallas Cowboys, on the other hand, come off the back of two convincing wins against the Giants and the Jets, 
which has cemented the defence as the best in the league, creating 7 takeaways and 10 sacks and only 10 total points. I expect the defence have a similar sort of performance this week as they take on one of the worst teams in football. They look great against a pass and run last week and I expect the pressure from the defensive line to force Josh Dobbs into mistakes. This will be the first real test for the inexperienced quarterback. The offensive line prevented Dolls from taking a sack last week, but it's spelled out to be a very different story this week as they take on Mike Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys Cavalry. Last week, we saw Mike McCarthy call a very, a very conservative offensive game plan in this new look offense that they're calling Texas Coast. The plan is to play sideline to sideline with quick, high tempo play to make your playmakers and wear down the defense play by play. This has seen Dak Prescott protect the, protect the ball well and he's yet to throw an inception this season after coming off his worst season a year ago. I see this game being strictly a one-sided affair as Mike Parsons looks to continue his quest for league MVP. On the other side of the ball, I expect to see McCarthy loosen the range on Prescott this week and I expect to see more deep plays down the field with Brandon Cutts expected to return. Last week we saw C.D. Lamp take the vast majority of the targets from Prescott and I expect that to continue this week and I expect him and Tony Pollard to go for over 100 yards. With that being said, Thomas, can you see anything other than a one-sided affair here? Um, no, I can't. I, I, I don't think any NFL can. NFL fan can. Sorry. Um, I think this is only going one way, and uh, we, we know which way that's going, and that's to the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm struggling to find a, a bright spot for, for for Cardinals here. I tried to give them some positives, but there's very, very little to go off. But I guess if there is if there is any silver lining, I mean, they are throwing the season. They're going to get the number one pick in the draft and probably take Caleb Williams unless he returns to college for another year. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. My Dallas Cowboys, they've been so, so dominant in the first two games. And I mean, it's going to continue against the worst team in football, surely to God. Um, I know, as, uh, as as much as it pains me to admit, I think uh, Cowboys are, well, I mean, they're obviously, you know, top of the top of the power rankings now. Um, nobody likes to say it, but the Cowboys <laughs> look good at the moment. Yeah, I don't want to get carried away. I've seen this story uh, one too many times in the past being a Cowboys fan. We saw it in 2016. When they were dominant in the, in the regular season and then just fumbled in the playoffs. And again, for the past two seasons, obviously our bogey team, the 49ers, have uh, had their way with us. And I uh, I still have the 49ers as the, as the number one. Um, but I mean, there's no denying Dallas defence is the, the best in the league we've seen for some time. Yeah, they've, they've been phenomenal, um, as you've mentioned. Um, they, they... It's crazy the amount of takeaways and stuff. I, I know that you've just given the stats out. It's, it's actually ridiculous when you say it. Mika Parsons, another couple of sacks last week. The guy is absolutely insane. Um, I actually think he probably needs a drug test. He's, he's that good. <laughs> uh, I think probably expect a little bit more from Trevon Diggs. I know he was brilliant last season, um, but I guess if everyone else is popping off, then he probably really doesn't need to do much. Um, another mention for Stefan Gilmore. We know the quality of him is is just a bit of a joke, um, and, and to add that into the mix of the Dallas defense, it's it's actually unfair. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of crazy just how many weapons we've got on that defense. Um, it's the other side of the ball that concerns me, if anything. Uh, you know, I mean, Michael Gallup's coming off an injury. Um, Brandon Cooks is obviously aging, and uh, he's already been injured this season. So, my concern is when we've played the big teams, where where the offense is going to come from. Um, but I do expect this week the reins to be lifted off off Prescott a bit more, let him be a bit more fluid to make those uh, deeper plays against a very poor defence. 
Uh, so. uh, I mean, I mean, the stats that he put up last week were were, were really good. He, he he dropped thirty eight. Uh, sorry, thirty one out of thirty eight pass completions. He, he threw for two hundred and fifty five yards and he hit two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's not like the Dak Prescott that I know. He's an interception merchant. So uh, I don't know what he's been doing in the off season, but he, he must have been practicing. Well, um, he's, uh... I'd also just like to mention that that Tony Pollard he, he ran a brilliant game. I know uh, Michael Gallup could be back soon. Did you mention? Well, he's playing. He's just non-existent at the minute. He just can't seem to uh, can't seem to get open. Well, uh, I think you um, Tony Pollard, fantastic, brilliant running back, and uh, he's also again a little bit more in the old passing game as well. Now he, I see that he. He he got targeted for seven receptions, picked up thirty-seven yards, and you know he's sort of helping out on that side as well. Not not that they need it when they've got CD Lamb, but, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Cowboys look really good at the moment. Yeah, obviously Tony Pollard taking over that running back one role from uh, from Zeke Elliott this season. He's also coming off a of a pretty serious injury to the end of this season a year ago, um, and you know he's not he's not blown me away in the first two weeks. I think we've uh, we've called a very conservative and very obvious run game you know we're not trying to do anything special anything fancy um but this week i expect you know a blowout game for tony pollard he's so so powerful and uh just to go back to the that prescott point as well of course in the offseason he was training with one of the best footwork coaches in the in in history he's worked with all the great quarterbacks and that does seem to have um tidied up his game somewhat as well, of course, as this new look offense that is very much high completion percentage focused and less deep shots down the field. You know, just let your defense win you the game. So, with all that being so, said, what what well, sort of scoreline are we looking at, Thomas? Well, I, I think it's uh, probably going to be comfortable this week, thirty-eight seventeen. Dare I say an upset of the week? No, <laughs> even I don't believe that. Unfortunately, yeah. um, I, I just don't see any way that, that the Cardinals are going to put enough put enough points up. Um, that Dallas defense is. It's too much, too strong, man. I mean, it would be a good story to see the best, the worst team in the league, in the league beat the best team in the league. And how many times has that happened before? Probably quite a lot. It does seem to be the case. But I'm also taking my Cowboys. Let's see, forty-one to thirteen. I'm going to take them at. Uh, yeah, I expect some big, big, big scoring this week. Um, and yeah, I think I'll blow them out. I think we might might get um, a couple of defensive touchdowns as well. You know how ominous Parsons can be into just forcing quarterbacks into mistakes. And yeah, it's going to be a one one side of the fair. Yeah, I, I mean, just just touching on that, especially with the uh, the Cardinals last week. Um, I mean, I don't see any chance as, as I mentioned, but when you're throwing away a twenty twenty point lead against the Giants, who got blown out by the Cowboys, it's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I think they got twenty points up, and then they decided, oh wait, actually, we do want the number one number one draft pick, so we'll um, we'll not shut <laughs> the second half. But hey, yeah. it's probably not the worst tactic in the world. Now we move on to Sunday Night Football as the Las Vegas Vegas take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in this AFC matchup. Both teams come into this game with a 1-on-1 -on -one record, but the Steelers carry all the momentum after a strong victory over the Browns on Monday night. In contrast, the Raiders come off a devastating loss to the Bills from a week ago in which they were blown away by Josh Allen and his, and his very strong offence. The Raiders struggled to get anything going as Jimmy Garoppolo threw two interceptions while star running back accumulated negative two yards from nine plays and the rest of the rush attack wasn't much better. They will look to star wide receiver Devante Adams to make the difference this week as he's cleared off concussion protocol. It is difficult to say where the Raiders lie in the grand scheme of the NFL rankings and a one-on-one -on -one start to the season probably suits that narrative. The same can be said on the other side of the ball, and it's difficult to figure out exactly where the Steelers land in comparison to their AFC rivals. 
The same can be said on the other side of the ball, as it's difficult to figure out exactly where the Steelers land in comparison to their AFC rivals. On Monday night, they knocked off the Cleveland Browns, mainly due to their defence, who managed to just enough to see the Steelers over the line. The defence totaled six sacks on the night, and star defensive end TJ Watt recovered a fumble for a touchdown. However, I expect the defence to have their work out this week against a team who are yet to allow a sack on the season. Despite an impressive night for the Steelers' defence, star, star safety Minka Fitzpatrick left the game with a chest injury in the fourth quarter, and his availability is in question for this Week 3 matchup. However, on the other side of the ball, the Steelers were less convincing. Kenny Pickett still looks uncomfortable in the pocket despite an, improved, despite an improvement from his Week 1 performance. He threw for 222 yards, a touchdown, and an inception. The bright spot of the Steelers' offense was second-year running wide receiver George Pickens. He had a breakout game, exploding 127 yards off just four receptions. Having, having Pickett's heavily involved will be a key to the Steelers' success this week. For the Raiders, the game plan will be to bring more pressure to the quarterback, making him feel uncomfortable in the pocket, and if Max Crosby can bring a similar level to his Week 1 performance, then it's better to see some errors from this young quarterback. I think these two are very average teams and they'll be fighting for the latter wildcard, latter wildcard spots later in the season if they can continue to be fortunate with injuries from here on in. I believe this will be a, a low-scoring battle of the defences. To me, this is looking like a very tight matchup, but which way do you see things swinging, Thomas? Yeah, I, I don't really know which way this is going to go. I've, I've actually just favoured the, the Raiders in this matchup. Um, I'm hoping that Josh Jacobs becomes, becomes uh, the, the star man that he is. Um, obviously last week we saw that he carried the ball nine times for minus two yards shocking numbers I, I don't really know what's going on there whether the Raiders are trying to try, trying to push him into a, a, a bit more of a receiver and, and a rushing back combined I don't know um, I think he just needs to stick to what, he, what he's best at and uh, pick up those rushing yards yeah I completely agree I'm not really sure what's going on with Josh Jacobs obviously he's certainly not at the start of the season he would be expecting of himself um, and the problem for the, the Raiders obviously he was meant to be you know their main point of attack this season, him and uh, Devontae Adams. Outside of them two, there's not there's not a lot going on on this offense. Um, so for them to have success this season, I think they will be relying on him. You know, finding some form uh, either this game or in the coming games. Yeah, I, th- I think we can. What we can probably expect to see, um, you know, like you mentioned, a low scoring battle of the defenses. Um, I think T.J. Watt. We know he's like big character, big personality. Can he make the plays? Can he get that ball turned over and, and, and get it to the Steelers? There's a chance. And, and if if the Steelers are going to gonna win this game, I think uh, TJ Watt's got to go huge. The defence got to go huge. But I'm going to favour the Raiders on this one. I'm going to go for 24-20. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think a lot of this game comes down to how the Raiders' offensive line deals with TJ Watt and you know the other the other weapons they've got on that side of the football. Um, but with that being said, I'm also going to take the Raiders with a low-scoring 19-16 victory. For me personally, I just don't see Kenny Pickett as a starting quarterback in the league. Every time I seem to watch him, he just seems to be uncomfortable in the pocket, sort of trying to throw the ball a little bit too hard at times. I just think, yeah, I can't see him being being the star that this that this uh, franchise drafted him to be, um, especially with the lack of weapons they've got um, on that side of the ball. Yeah, we saw him play last week against the Browns. He um, only a fifty percent completion. Um to uh, attention uh, ratio uh, he did pick up 222 yards I guess it's mm, he's steady a touchdown but an interception as well you know yeah. um, I, I'm just not massively impressed at the moment but hopefully for the Steelers fans he'll, uh, he'll improve 
Yeah, and I think the Steelers fans will have been expecting more of Najee Harris as well in the run game. He's only had, I think he had 10 touches last week and fewer the week before. Um, and, you know, they were expecting him to, you know, be the be the main running back for this team. And so far, he's not getting the touches required. Will that change this week? Will they try and become more of a run-heavy offense? Uh, that could be the way to go against this team. But, yeah, I think it'll be a low-scoring game, whichever way you look at it. A defensive battle. And yeah, the Raiders will come out on top. On Monday Night Football, we see a matchup of two undefeated teams as the Eagles take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs come here off a convincing victory over the Chicago Bears, large in part due to the so far very impressive Baker Mayfield, who threw for over 300 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans also had a huge week a week ago as he finished the game with 171 yards and a touchdown as he looks to impress in his search for a new contract. On the other side of the ball, the defence was also impressive, combining for a total of six sacks and two inceptions, including a pick six by Shaq Barrett. However, the Bucks face a much deeper task this week, as they take on one of the best teams in football. The Eagles are coming off a long week after playing on Thursday night a week ago, so I expect them to come into this one well rested. This season so far, it has mainly been the defence that has looked mightily impressive for the Eagles, they limited the Vikings to just 28 rushing yards in week 2 and limited the parts to just 76 in week, in week 1. Rookie defensive, defensive Player of the Year candidate Jalen Carter has played a key part in the success of this run defence so far. They will force Baker Mayfield and the Bucs to play through the air in what will be a key test for Baker since joining the Bucs. The Eagles offence has yet to hit the heights they did a year ago in a team that displayed one of the best offences in the league. But week two saw improvements from week one as DeAndre Swift had a career day exploding 175 yards and a touchdown. I expect this to be a key matchup this week against the Bucks defence who have been one of the best against the rush this season. We'll have to wait and see to see who comes out on top. Devontae Smith also had a huge game last week as he took off 131 yards and a touchdown against one of the worst secondaries in the league. If further optimism for the Eagles, they could see the return of Kenny Gainwell Reed Blankenship and cornerback James Bradbury into their starting lineup, although this is yet to be 100% confirmed. For the Buccaneers, running back Chase Edmonds will undergo an MRI this week to see the extent of his MCL injury. With all that being said, I expect this week to be a tight matchup between two good defences. If the Bucs do come out on top this week, it will establish them as one of the best teams in football. So we've got a matchup of two undefeated teams on Monday night. Who are you taking this one, Thomas? Uh, for me, it's it's probably got to be the Eagles this week. Um, we, the the firepower that they've got on the rush and uh, passing game is is crazy. The numbers that you've that you've just talked about that, that the Eagles put up, absolutely phenomenal on uh, on both sides of of of, of offense. Um, I can't see it going to the Buccaneers. Plus, can the Eagles do the Saints a good favor and beat the Buccaneers? <laughs> we want the NFC South this season. Absolutely not. We're great. You want to set the books here uh, to defeat the Eagles, do the Cowboys a favour, demote Eagles 2-1 on the season, but again, I also can't see that happening. I'm going to take the Eagles 26-23 to in a very, very even affair. Again, I think the uh, I think the Buccaneers have shocked a lot of people this season. They've come out of the gates and, you know, done what they need to be done to, to get get the game across the line. They're 2-0. And, and um, you know, Baker, Baker Mayfield is looking like the person he looked in college. The reason he was drafted so high up in the draft. And has he finally found a home where he's comfortable and can play well? Well, we'll, we'll see. It should be a good matchup, one that I'm looking forward to. 
Uh, one, unfortunately, that's on Monday night football <laughs> in the early hours of the morning, so I'll probably not be watching it. Maybe in highlights, but, but um, yeah, a bit good to miss that one. Um, I, I also saw that Mike Evans actually picked up a, what was it, 70-yard catch? Um, yeah, it was a big one. Against the Bears. And I believe that was the um, the longest catch since 2018. So, fair play to Mike Evans. I, I don't like the guy, but brilliant footballer. <laughs> uh, maybe that's just because of rivalries, but rivalries aside, the guy's brilliant. And he'll have to get going if, uh, if the Buccaneers are going to win this game. Yeah, again, I think it'll be a shock to the entire league if the Buccaneers can come out of this one. But again, if they do, then what does that say about the Buccaneers? They are they will be instantly proclaimed as one of the best teams in football. And the Eagles, you know, they're coming to this. They've got they've got stuff to prove, to be honest. I mean, they've not quite looked as good as they did last season, um, but we just know how um, efficient they are on third and fourth down, especially the short yardage, the short look at the quarterback sneak. You know, you got Jason Kelsey who just runs that offensive line, and um, yeah. It's hard to see the Eagles losing this one. Yeah, the quality of Jalen Hurts. I know he's not put up massive numbers. Um, he put up 18 out of 23 passing attempts and completions. Um, 193 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It's it's nothing too impressive. We know we know that he's brilliant with his legs and all, and he just picks up those uh, those downs that other quarterbacks don't often get. Um, I think he'll he'll do that against the Buccaneers, and uh, they'll, they'll get the job done. They'll they'll win this game. I think uh, 31-20. And how, and how do you see the Eagles compared to the Cowboys at the minute? Who do you see has as a favourite in the NFC East? Um, well, I think the Eagles have probably faced harder opponents than the two and zero. So maybe I'm just being biased because you're a Cowboys fan. But <laughs> and now, no, they're they're fairly matched up. We know how we know how good the Cowboys are. We, we've said a lot about them already. So uh, it'd be interesting when they get to play each other and uh, and there's a winner determined. Yeah, I mean the Eagles lost a lot of talent this off season. Uh, especially on defense, but you know they brought in some great draft picks, uh, especially Jalen Carter, who has just been phenomenal against the run, and that's what they like to do. Uh, the Eagles they like to stop the run and force force you to play over them, and you know they will force you into mistakes. And yeah, it's probably something I expect them to do this week with Baker Mayfield. Um, so yeah, with that being said, I think yeah the Eagles come out on top on this one. Yeah, I think um, the, the, these are the type of games you need to win. Obviously, they want to be getting to that postseason. They want to be winning, uh, you know, their respective division as well. So, do the sense of favour, Eagles. Get the job done, please. <laughs> In the final game of the week, we see the Bengals take on the Rams. So far this season, the Cincinnati Bengals have been underwhelming, and the LA Rams have probably surpassed expectations coming to the season. The Bengals have started the season 0-2 and things went from bad to worse as Joe Burrow aggravated an ongoing calf strain against the Ravens and it is currently unknown whether he will be ready to go against the Rams. You would have to believe that if Burrow isn't able to play that it's time to hit the panic button on the Bengals season after reaching two AFC Championship games in the previous two seasons is looking more and more unlikely as the season goes on. On the other side, the Rams come into the season with very little expectations but have somewhat shocked the league with their performances so far. They upset the Seahawks in week one and put in a respectable performance against one of the best teams in the league a week ago. A lot of credit has to go to star head coach Sean McVay, who managed to get rookie fifth round wide receiver Puka Nakua 27 touches and 270 yards in his first two starts in the NFL, doing an excellent job filling in for the injured Cooper Cup, who is still unable to return. Wide receiver partner and deep threat Tutu Atwell has also had an under-the-radar start of the season, he has over 200 yards through the first two weeks. If there is one weakness for the Rams' offense so far, is that they've struggled to get the run game going through the first two weeks of the season, and there is now trade talks ongoing with Cam Akers, 
who was expected to lead their running back attack this season. On the, on the other side of the ball, the Rams have struggled to contain the pass or the run against the 49ers, and Aaron Donald has yet to reach a level that we have come to expect. Similarly, for the Bengals, they have struggled to specifically stop the run so far this season, but have not excelled in stopping the pass either. They lost key players this offseason in Jesse Bayes, Von Bell and Eli Apple, and this is certainly contributing to their poor starts this season. Expect this game to be a wide open affair, an offensive battle this week against two of the worst defences in the league. Fantasy players expect Joe Mixon to see improved production this week, given Burrow's injury status, and expect a breakout game for him this season. Well, we know all the sorts of information coming into this one, Thomas, so uh, who are you taking in this one? Well, uh, I'm going to base this off um, off whether Joe Burrows is, is injured or not. I think he's probably going to be injured. He might miss this game. He probably needs a week to recover. Apologies, Bur- uh, apologies Bengals fans. Um, but yeah, he, just, he needs to get back to fitness before he can continue. He's clearly struggling, and, it, and it's, the performance is showing us, uh, on the team overall. Um, I think Rams will dominate this game. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. Uh, how how have you felt about the Rams' start of the season so far? I mean, I know they've shocked me, and I'm guessing they've done something similar to you. Yeah, I've I've been impressed by the Rams actually. Um, I know they, they they did lose to the 49ers last week, but to only lose by a touchdown against one of the best teams in the NFL right now, and and one of the best teams in the NFL for the last couple of seasons, I could argue. It, they did look good. Stafford needs to stop turning that ball over. Yeah, but I mean, he's still missing his number one target in Cooper Cup, but yeah, Sean McVay's doing an excellent job at the minute. He's uh, he's scheming things open for, for Puka Nakua, who, you know, he's rookie the season so far. Um, and I expect that to continue this week. I'm also going to take the round in a 30-28 to 28 victory. The the Bengals are looking horrific on the defensive side of the ball. They're wide open. I expect Sean McVay to exploit that in his game plan this week. So I think we will see a high-scoring affair. And uh, yeah, I see the I see the Rams edge in this one. Even if even if yeah. Joe Burrow plays, I think he won't be full. He won't be to full health. Um, so either way, I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, we we, we know the quality of Sean McVay. He's, he's you know he's, he coaches his team really well. They're brilliant. This will be a game he's looking to uh, to, to to win. He'll be wanting to get back to that uh, positive uh, record. Um, if Burrow isn't playing, I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams regardless, actually. But you know, by a big score, I'm going 38-16. Wow, that is a that is a blowout for for you know a, a huge team last season. They got to the AFC Championship game, and now they're getting blown out by by the Rams. We're expected to do nothing this season, so well, it it could be a statement victory. It could come to bite me in the backside, but we'll uh, but we'll see. I, I just think without Burrows, they, they they've been struggling with him. You know what what will we be able to get going without him? Yeah, exactly. You know, probably not as much. So yeah, it could be a field goal day for uh, for the Bengals. Um, and I think the Rams will capitalise with a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, and let's not forget they've got Aaron Donald to go up against on that offensive line that's also looked poor this season. He's due, uh, he's due a big game, I think, um, and I think we'll see it this week. I think Aaron Donald's going to get two or more sacks. Yeah, he'll definitely be uh, he'll definitely be wanting to get to the quarterback, depending on, well, it doesn't matter who it is, Burroughs or not. I, I know for a fact that <laughs> just the, the type of guy he is, he's, uh, he's a strong physical um, athlete. He's, you know, he's got a point to prove. Has he still got another year in him? I think so. He'll, uh, he'll you know, he'll, he'll have a good game. Yeah, agreed.